you ever wished you could just grab coffee with a top leader in your direct sales company and pick her brain about all the things? Well, you're in luck. My name is Tiffany Spees. Welcome to Directly Different, the podcast where I have conversations with top direct sales leaders and ask them to share what they're doing differently to help them achieve success in their businesses. Direct sales doesn't have to feel spammy or gross. You can absolutely find success in your business by doing things a different way. I want you to feel empowered and inspired to be, well, different. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Directly Different and welcome to the year 2023. I don't know about you, but the last couple of days we've been de-Christmasing our house and freshening it up for the new year and it feels so good. Whether you are packing up your Christmas decor or whether you are leaving it up for a little bit longer, that's totally okay too. I want you to think to yourself, who will I be when I unpack these totes next year? Isn't that a crazy thought? I saw that on Instagram the other day and I thought it was so impactful. Think about it. Who will I be when I open these boxes again next year? What will be the same? What will be different? It is so invigorating to imagine a clean slate with so many amazing possibilities stretched before us, but we know that nothing changes if nothing changes. Hopefully today's conversation with Jess Landau will inspire you to be excited and motivated when it comes to your business in 2023. Jess is a social seller of 10 years, top income earner with One Hope Wine, and most recently, the author of a book for social sellers called Get Your Hustle Shoes On. We chat about her story as well as all about her book and her mission to change the stigma surrounding the social selling industry. You can find more information on how to get a hold of Jess's book in the show notes. Jess, I'm so excited to have you as my special guest this week. Thank you so much for being on Directly Different. Thank you for having me. I love your, um, I just quickly have to say, I love your IG where it says that you're our BFF. Thank you so much. I have, I felt like that was fitting because I do feel, I do feel that way. It's truly how I feel. I want to be everyone's friend. (laughs) So I'm glad that we connected through Instagram not too long ago. It was kind of like a, hey. And then here we are. So I love, I'm so I love it too. I'm so glad it worked out. And Instagram is the best for all those really fun connections. So let's chat about your incredible direct sales journey. I would love to hear more. So first of all, tell us a little bit about you and your family. Yeah. So um, let's see. My husband, Mike, and I, and our two girls, um, my daughter, Ella, who is 12, and then our baby, who we call Baby Badass. Her name is Mallory. She's two. She uh, she lives life on her own terms, which has been amazing because she reminds all of us to do that on the regular. But yeah, we're just, I feel like we're just like the, that regular family. My husband's an entrepreneur also, which is really nice. So he kind of understands my space. I remember on our very first date when I told him I'm in the direct sales world, I think that's why he wanted to date me. Um, that and I left the table to go pet a dog, which has nothing to do with anything, but he knew, he just knew. Um, but yeah, that, that's like our little family. It's just us and our two girls. We're here in New York. And I just, I don't know. I, I call my little fierce family tribe. You've also had such a crazy medical slash health journey lately. Would you care to share a little bit about that? 
Yeah, I'm, I am definitely happy to share about that. Um, so I have a pacemaker. Um, it is something that I'm very, very passionate actually about sharing. So I appreciate you asking. Um, one to three million people die a year because they don't have access to one. And so I have become very much an advocate. So I've, since I've had my heart condition since I was two. I got my first pacemaker when I was 10. Um, days ago, as you know, I just had my seventh pacemaker surgery. So they just kind of replaced the battery but I'm, I'm 100% dependent on it. It is it is literally this like tiny little battery that keeps me going, it pumps my heart 24 seven. So I'm super grateful for it. Um, and I just, I think it's a place to let everybody know and anybody who will listen, like I will tell them pacemakers are where it's at and like go love on people with pacemakers. It's not just like for grandmas and grandpas. You know, there's there's a lot of people out there who need one and a lot of people who are living with them. Wow. That is truly incredible. Now, do you happen to know about how many people currently have a pacemaker? Like what's the estimate do you think? Oh, I actually have no idea. Okay. I love that you asked me that. So I will totally search it. The reason I know about the one to 3 million people who, um, who passed away because they don't have access. I was on the board of an organization called four hearts worldwide, and they bring pacemakers to people around the world um, through their organization. So that's how I, how I even learned about that. But before that, I didn't even know. I just, you know, when you're a teenager and a young adult, you kind of don't really think anything outside of like your own self. (laughs) I'll just call it as it is. And so as I've, as I've kind of gone on in my journey of life and realizing how important this device is and like actually understanding the ramifications of it, I've decided to learn more, but I can go find that out for you, Tiffany. And I'll let you know later. (laughs) I love learning about that kind of stuff. So I think that would be so interesting to know. And it's because you don't, you can't see a pacemaker. So that's probably why, you know, I didn't think about it until you just mentioned that one stat. So I was like, oh, I wonder how many people actually have one because you don't know. I was just curious. (laughs) So thanks for indulging me. (laughs) No, I I just appreciate you asking, right? Because like, it isn't something you know about when I was younger, I actually didn't talk to people about it. I was actually really embarrassed by it because I felt different from everybody else. And, you know, there was things I couldn't do and, and whatnot. And, but as I've gotten older, like, man, am I grateful for this? Like I, I got to have my two daughters and I'm married and I, you know, I live this beautiful life because of this life-saving device. So I appreciate you asking. And if I, ever find out that's that, I will for sure text you first. (laughs) That is awesome. I appreciate that so much, but thank you so much for sharing. I love learning that about you. So tell us a little bit about how you got started in the social selling industry. Yeah. So I have been in this world for about a decade. Um, I did not know about it. You know, I like, I think, I think we all feel you don't go to college and then you're like, oh, I'm going to join the direct sales world. Like it kind of, you just kind of stumble upon it. And so that's exactly what happened to me. Um, about 10 years ago, one of my girlfriends was having a jewelry party and I was like, oh, okay, I'll go. Like, I don't really know what that means, but she's like, you're going to just buy some jewelry and I'm going to get free credits. And I was like, okay, like, is there wine? <laughs> I'll be there. And so I went, but when I went, um, what people didn't know was I was in a, in a marriage that wasn't really working and I was looking to actually find a way out. And so I went there and I bought literally you guys, the cheapest thing on the table. Like I knew what I was buying. It was called the light bracelet. It was $19. Like that was what I was getting. So I could get her, her credits and and be part of the party. But like, I didn't, you know, whatever. Anyways, while I was there, I was talking about how I just got ordained to marry people, which is ironic because I was trying to get divorced, but that was going to be my (laughs) side hustle. I was going to marry people. And the girl who was running the party, her name is Meg. 
forever thankful for this woman. I, I tell her all the time, she single-handedly changed my life. She took 20 seconds of courage and she said, why don't you just sell some jewelry with me and sell like sell jewelry and like make thousands of dollars. Sure enough, I made thousands of dollars selling jewelry and I've still married zero people. <laughs> so <laughs> the whole getting ordained thing didn't really work out. Um, but that that's literally how I got into this space. And so Meg, I always say she took... 20 seconds of courage. She put her pride to the side and she offered me this opportunity that changed everything. Uh, and so I was with that company for about three years. And then from there, I kind of transitioned to my current company. That is amazing. Also, I think you made the right decision because I don't know of any ordained ministers who are, you know, millionaires because... <laughs> Because they've married so many people. So I think you made the right choice. <laughs> zero dollars. I've made zero dollars doing it. But I guess I, so I, I literally, I'm just going to share this because of this industry, I've actually saved up enough money to buy my first home for my family. It's been like a dream for seven years. I started finally unpacking the last of the boxes over kind of the holiday break. I found my certificate to marry people. I still have it. I'm never getting rid of it. It's like a, it's like a keepsake. It's like a before photo. <laughs> like. Zero dollars, zero dollars. If people could see me right now, I'm making the zero sign with my hands. Yes. yes. <laughs> now you've made zero dollars marrying people, but have you actually married anybody? No, no, I've, ma I've married nobody. <laughs> I've literally married nobody and made zero dollars at the same time. <laughs> Nothing. So That's thank awesome. you, Meg. Thank you, Meg, for telling me that I could make money sharing some jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Now you are currently with One Hope. So tell us about that company. I've actually never heard of, I shouldn't say I've never heard of it. I think I have heard of it, but I don't know very much about it. So please share about how you found it, what made you join it and all about it. Yeah. So, okay. So well, One Hope, just to kind of give you a background, we are the Napa Valley Wine Club that gives back. And so because of our wine club, we're actually close to almost $10 million in donations. So every time somebody purchases from us, 10% is donated automatically, which is one of the really big things that I was attracted to. But how I found One Hope was one of my girlfriends, um, she was at my former company also. She was not on my team. She was in my greater team, but she wasn't in like my lineage or like upline or anything like that or downline. She, I guess she would be like a distant cousin. She was posting glitter bottles and all of her donations she was making. So if you've ever seen like literally wine bottles that are like painted in glitter, she was posting those and donations and her name is Kendra. And if you ever get to meet Kendra, she is one of the most giving people I've ever met. Like she goes and runs marathons in honor of people, like always donating, always an advocate, like just literally the kindest heart ever. And so I sent her a message and was like, what's up with the wine thing? <laughs> and it actually took me about six months to join her. So I asked her in, I think, October of 15, and I didn't join until April of 16. Um, I was, it was, I was going through my divorce then. It was going to be my first holiday without my older daughter at home with me. Um, and it was actually the first time I ever did my taxes by myself, which sounds so crazy, but like I couldn't wrap my brain around doing anything else until I figured out how to like submit taxes as a single adult person. Um, and so taxes were done and then I joined her. Um, and so that's basically how I found one hope. And so I did my first tasting about, a, I don't know, two weeks later. And then I never looked back. I actually like exited from my other company. Meg hosted my first tasting for me out of support because that's like the way this business should be is that we all are supporting each other and loving on each other. Um, but that's kind of how I found it. It was literally a Facebook post of pretty bottles and donations and 
here we are today, seven years later, like totally obsessed with what we do. That's amazing because you never know what something that you post, what kind of impact that's going to have on somebody else. And so I think it's so valuable. Well, it is so valuable. Not just, I think this is not just my opinion. It's proven fact as we're hearing here today that your story is valuable and it can make such a huge impact and can change somebody's life truly. So post the post, right? (laughs) Yes. And like post it confidently, right? Right? Like for everybody who's listening, you know, we, we get to do this and you, you got to choose where you wanted to be. Like just love on it. Like if you are passionate about it, love on it and others will find you. I mean, I found Kendra. Yes, that's exactly right. So you have a passion for fundraising. And I think that does stem from being part of this amazing company that gives back with each and every purchase. So how do you use your business to, to do this? How do you, I mean, I know you said that they donate each a portion of each sale, but how do you make a greater impact with your business? Yeah. So the, so there's the nice thing about this is there's already the built-in donation, right? So it's an easy way for people to redirect their wine spend and do something good, right? Like most people are drinking wine, do something good with it. And what's interesting about One Hope and that I've always kind of said over the years is people tend to ask about the donation process and the causes more than they actually ask about wine. Because it, I think it's probably like anything. If you put on a piece of jewelry, you like it or you don't. Same with wine. You drink it, you either like it or you don't, right? Like your taste buds say yes or no. So it's it's been kind of a fascinating process is that people are constantly asking about the donation side. Like, well, can I give back to this? Can it be for this? Like, you know, whatever it is. So I do a lot of kind of just individual orders where people are joining our wine club and redirecting their wine spend. We do a lot of things where people just get their girlfriends together and have a girl's night. Like y'all are going to drink anyways, do something good with it. We do a lot of corporate gifting this way. So if you're doing, you know, your holiday gifts or, you know, Q1 gifts, or like, I don't know, whatever it is, every single order is going to have 10% um, give back. But what it has also allowed me to do is that's actually how I through like kind of one hope is actually how I found um, that nonprofit with the pacemakers that I mentioned earlier on. I wanted to start to give back to a cause that was important to me because when I first got started, it was always about everybody else like, oh, pet adoption or breast cancer or Alzheimer's or like whatever. And somebody once asked me like, well, what's your cause? And I had been so focused on everybody else's causes. It didn't dawn on me like, oh, I guess I could have my own cause as well. And so that's, that's when I actually found four hearts. I, I was like determined to find an organization that I could give back to pacemakers. So that's essentially what I do is every time I have like an open order that I can donate back, that's the cause I choose. Um, even with this most recent surgery, I said, everybody who gives a like on this um, post, I'm going to donate a dollar up to $500 because that's how much it is to save a life through this organization. Mm-hmm. So I think we saved like seven or eight lives with people matching and other donations that came in and the likes and the shares. And so I do think we have the ability to create ripple effects, you know, not just in one hope, but whatever organizations people are with, like just do good, right? Like we have the ability to create some good around here and like, let's like link arms and do that. I love this so much. And I think that's so impactful. Like you said, if it's something that people are purchasing anyways, why not make it count and have that some of that profit, not just go into somebody's pocket, but to go to an amazing, incredible and worthy cause. So you kind of mentioned this, can you choose what the 10% goes to, or do you, is it something that is, you know, kind of like a blanket donation? I know our company did, we did some fundraising with Feeding America and we did that 
So we weren't able to choose the cause. Obviously, it's, that's an incredible cause. So that was great. But I was just curious when you were talking, can you choose the causes that you support through your business? You can. So what's nice is if you go right onto the site, right? And, you, and you're like, I'm ordering. And it's going to give you the option that you can pick one of my causes. You can pick a link that somebody, like a fundraising link that somebody else is doing with me. Or you can pick your own nonprofit. So it just has to be a 501c3 and not political. I think everybody agrees on the not political part. <laughs> um, but any 501c3. So like we have teammates who have started their own nonprofits and like that's who they fundraise for or, you know, their best friend has a cause that's connected to them and they want to give back to their cause. So it just as long as it's a nonprofit 501c3, not political, you can always have 10% go back. Wow. I love that. So personalized. I think that's a great touch. All right. So through your journey over the last 10 years, you've learned a lot in the social selling industry and you actually wrote a book not too long ago. So I'd love to hear all about it. I want to hear why you wrote it, who you wrote it to, and what you hope your book accomplishes. So tell us everything about this amazing book that you wrote, Jess. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, so it's still kind of crazy when someone says you wrote a book, I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> This was something about a year ago where I decided to do this. I, for the first time, so as I said, I've been here about in this kind of industry for about a decade. And this time last year was the first time I found myself feeling moments where I was judged for being in the industry, where um, people maybe like sometimes in my neighborhood or like people that I wanted to be friends with, I felt like they didn't want to be friends with me because I was in social selling or direct sales or networking, whatever you want to call it. And it was also the first time in all this time where I recognized my teammates felt like they were experiencing that. And I, I felt more than I didn't, I didn't feel like over the years, I didn't really have a lot of teammates ever say things to me about, well, how do you handle this? Or like, what if someone says this? And I'm like, but all of a sudden out of nowhere, it felt like it was happening. And I don't know if it was the universe telling me like, wake up, like you just have blinders on or what it was. But I was like, you know what? I think I should write a book. And I remember like being in bed saying this to my husband and he was like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, no, I think I'm going to write a book. And so I sat down and I started writing my first chapter and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. So I ended up getting support to be able to write this book because I was like, there, there's got to be a way to figure this out. And so um, Get Your Hustle Shoes On came from like literally that night where I was like, I'm going to write a book. And it, there was kind of a bunch of different ideas. And I remember we were driving in the car and my husband was like, well, what if you actually, because I didn't want to necessarily write. Okay. So I guess back up. I didn't want to write another book about like how to run your business. Because I think we have a lot of people in our industry who have already written amazing books about that. And like, I will send people there. Um I don't know, Tiffany, if you've read Get, um, Get Over Your Damn Self. Yes. <laughs> right? like, I sent everybody that book. Right. right? Like it's, it's the book. I'm not trying to be Romy, like read her book. She's already done it. But we were in the car and he was kind of like, well, what if you did it about actually like the stigmas that happen? Right. Because this is what's, what you're challenging yourself with right now. Like you're feeling like you're being judged for the first time ever. And so like, why don't we write about that? Why don't we write about, you know, overcoming that? And, and so the book, is the whole idea of the book is not just for those of us that are in this industry, but for us to be able to hand it over to somebody, maybe a, a partner or a spouse or a friend and be like, here, read this and understand what's actually happening. And like giving people the tools to like feel confident in their own skin to be in this space, right? Like, you know, the things that we hear, like, 
Um, you're only going to be successful if you're the first one in. Well, like, that's not true. Like I have two uplines, right? Like I'm not the first one in and I'm the number one income earner, right? Like, so you don't have to be the first, you know, things like that. Or like, I can't go from one company to another company because I'll be judged. Well, I went from one company to another company and my upline at the previous company hosted a tasting for me. Like, so we have the ability to actually change all these stigmas, both like inside and outside. And so I just was like, let's get our hustle shoes on and, and change it up and, um, and go for it. And so that's, I don't know. I just kind of ramble. I hope that kind of helped. <laughs> yes. 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 No, I asked you a bunch of questions all at once. It's so true though, because when we are working on recruiting or we're chatting with people about joining, we say, oh, it's so easy. It's so much fun. It's so wonderful. I shouldn't say it's so easy. We don't say that, but it, we say it's so simple to do. It's anybody can do it. But then when things like this start happening, people can think, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up to get judged or to get ridiculed or to get, you know, or maybe even just the thought that people might be judging me. I didn't sign up for this. And then they, you know, they, I can't handle this. I'm out. So I love that you are addressing those objections head on before, possibly before people have heard them. But also, like you said, you've been hearing it a lot lately. And so to write a book about tools, I love that you say that you offer tools to help people with these conversations because they do come up. And if you haven't had these things come up in your business, you will, right? (laughs) To those listening, it will happen. And it's just a matter of time, honestly. So you wrote it to, now did you write it to every social seller or is it newbies or experienced people? Who did you write it to? I think it's a mix, right? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. even I've actually had people who are brand new who have reached out to me and is like, I just read your book. I'm so excited by it. Like it's what I needed. But I also have like, even like my leaders who've been around for like six years with me. They're like, yes, like this is, this is this type of stuff. Like one of my, um, my top leaders, one of her favorite parts of the book was she's like, I love when you say, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you where you hear people like, oh, you're in one of those like direct sales things, right? Like, oh, you're in one of those And in my book, I kind of like say, I'm like, oh, like you're in one of those like retail jobs or like one of those office jobs. Like nobody goes around and says that to you. Like, oh, you're like one of those teachers. Like why? Like no one says that. Like be each other. So like, why are you saying that to me? Like this is, this is how I support my family. I make a good hardworking income and honest income. And like, so I just kind of take it on. So I think it, it gives the ability to where people are brand new. People have been here forever. Like, you know, she, that was her favorite line of the whole book. Um, but also like there's a chapter in there where I interview my own husband about his experience because I think it's really important that, you know, whoever your partner is, that they also kind of are on board to support you and to love on you for this. And they don't necessarily have to understand it, but they can support you, right? The same way you support them in their careers and, and what they want to do. And if, you know, even they want to have a man cave downstairs, you're supporting them for whatever it is, right? Like that's part of a partnership. So I interviewed him in the process for it. Also, um, he shared some stories in there too, where I was like, really, you heard that? Like, you know, but it's good. It's good. I think it's, I think it's a place for everybody. The doubters, the haters, the lovers, all of it. All of it. I love it. Now, what do you hope it accomplishes? What could be the ultimate impact that the book could make? I hope it creates like a, a fierce, like force of women who just like, are confident to like boldly share, right? Like share with joy and passion about what they sell, what their story is, why they joined and not feel shy or like intimidated by it. Like, I hope it's like just another kind of tool in your belt 
to like live freely and boldly and confidently and all the things that you should like you you joined this space for a reason and I hope that it like empowers you to do it for the reason that maybe you haven't shared with anybody yet but you you know that you have somebody out there who's who's cheering you on even if we haven't met mm-hmm. yes I love that so much so going back to the reason why you wrote this book, you noticed the stigma around social selling. So why do you think there is such a misunderstanding around what we do? You, you know, we kind of went over it, but I would love for you to dive in and just share more about why you think there is such a misunderstanding around our industry and what we do. And it, the thing is, is that that's so crazy to me is that it's growing I mean, exponentially every year. And so it's not going away. (laughs) It's not something that's dying out. It's not something that's, you know, taboo, but it is kind of misunderstood. It can be misunderstood. So why do you think that is? So I think, I think there's just misinformation. I think that there's, I think there's a few things. I think that there's um, stories that have been created by people, right? So like if somebody had a bad experience by default, they, they portray it then onto other people. Right. So like if your mom had a bad experience once now she shares with her kids that this is a bad experience. And so you're taught, you grow up thinking like it's a bad experience or like maybe your bestie had a bad experience at a company and like now it's a bad experience. And so I think, I think the way we can have positive ripple effects, I think we can also have negative ripple effects. So I think there's some of that, that sometimes happens that kind of like maybe generational. Um, But I also think that if you don't do this as like a, full-time thing it's not considered serious or it's not taken seriously and I don't think that that in my opinion is fair like no like you get to choose how much of your professional career life where you spend each moment so like if you're a teacher you get to choose how much of your career is teacher-based and how much is on a a side hustle or a side gig or an extra source of income and so I think that um that happens but I also think we also, as an industry, need to take a little bit more um, responsibility to just be confident in what we do. If you choose to be here, like be here with us, like link arms and and help end those stigmas and just say like, no, I don't do it full time. But heck, yeah, like I pay for my kids piano lessons or soccer or I bought my husband a car, like whatever it is, but like own it and be proud of it. And I think that will also help change change the way people view what we do is like it does not have to be your full-time career but it can be your joy or your extra income or your emergency fund or whatever it is but like be authentic and passionate about that Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yes and I know I've heard people say well I can't share confidently because I don't make life-changing money but it's been said that you know, a hundred or 200 or $500 a month extra can be life-changing money that can, I mean, that absolutely somebody listening right now is thinking, heck yeah, that is life-changing money for me. And so I think that, like you said, we just have to be bold and share about that because it's you, we don't know what people need, but we know what we have to offer. We know what we can share. And so it is a good reminder to be, uh, to be bold and to share, share our stories. A, a thousand percent. When I got started um, really in this space, yes, I, I didn't marry people, but it was the way that I was able to pay for my divorce. And then when I found One Hope, I was actually in a situation where like I was having a hard time keeping the lights on. So yes, the extra money that I could do doing this to feed my child and to keep the lights on and to pay rent, that is life-changing money. Like I don't care what anyone says. Like I was able to pay my Con Ed bill and 
we didn't lose heat, right? Like that, that is life changing because I wasn't buying shoes, right? I was buying things for like my daughter and like necessities, like that's life changing. It absolutely is. All right, Jess. So chatting about all of this has been really inspiring. So what is your advice for listeners on how we can show up as the absolute best versions of ourselves in 2023? It's a brand new year. It's a fresh start. Here we go. And I think too, what you said about, you know, sharing your story confidently and boldly, it's so easy to think that we, we all know that we do need to be more bold and more confident when it comes to sharing our story and sharing our opportunity, but we can often get stuck, you know, thinking, okay, well, how do we do that? So will you share with us your best advice on how we can show up confidently, boldly and our, as our best selves this year? Yeah, I think, um, I think it's just one small moment at a time, to be honest. Right. So like the first time you go live, it's going to be probably shaky. (laughs) Right. Um, I remember the first time I went live, like checking my teeth 10 times in my own camera, like, you know, like the stupid stuff, but like now I can go live and I'm like, whatever, like it is what it is. So I think that the best thing that we can all do is kind of stop overthinking it and just start doing it. And the more you do it, it's, it's like riding a bike, right? Like you have to build the muscle memory to be able to do it. So anything that you're trying to do in your business or anything you're just trying to do in life, it's going to take some muscle memory. So you're going to have to do it. Like, you're just going to have to stop thinking about it, right? You can't Google how to, how to ride a bike and you can't watch somebody else to learn. You like literally have to get on. You might run over some neighbor's plants along the way, but you will find your like balance and your momentum. And so I think that's the biggest thing is rip the bandaid off. And just start doing the things and adjusting accordingly. And, and you're going you're gonna to find your rhythm and your momentum. And that's a, a speech to myself too. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, totally, totally. And I think too, I, I mean, I love having a podcast. This is my pride and joy. I love it so much. But I often think to myself, okay, hopefully people are getting off and taking action on the things that they heard through the podcast. Because it's one thing to listen to a podcast. I mean, I'm guilty of this. It's one thing to listen to a podcast. It's another thing to read a book. It's another thing to listen to a training, but then if you do nothing with it, oh my goodness, then you wasted that time listening to that podcast or reading that book or listening to the training. And so to take action, that is where you're going to see the needle move and that's where you're going to see things happening. And even the littlest bit, like you said, just one small moment at a time, even that little bit of momentum that happens after that action is taken, it will build up and build up and build up and you're going to be in your place, in your position someday and look back and be like, wow, I'm so glad I listened to that girl, Meg, at that <laughs> at that party. And I'm glad she had that little bit of courage to tell me about her story. And so I think that sometimes we can, we have the best ideas in our head, but until we take action on those ideas, they're just going to stay in our heads, right? And when you when you do take those moments, like a couple other things that I share with people is one, if you have like a moment, a high, like a high moment where you're like, you want to like texture up and be like, I just did blah, blah, blah. In that moment, two things. One, bottle up that feeling because there's going to be dips again in your business and you're going to want to like have that in your tool belt to go back to and be like, remember that time that I texted so-and-so and it was the best? Bottle up that feeling. But also when you go and up like text your upline or your pace partner or your sideline, whoever it is, your mom, I don't care who you're texting and like that excitement, like I just did the craziest thing. Like I spoke to somebody in public about my business, whatever it is. In that moment, go do it like three more times. Your energy is high. You're you're like contagious in that moment. Like 
build off of that. And that, I think those are, I think are the moments where we actually get to build that, that true momentum and like start to find our balance on the bike. Yes. It's like momentum stacking. We've heard of habit stacking. It's like momentum stacking. <laughs> yes. I don't know if that's a thing, but like <laughs> hashtag it and make it real, Tiffany. It's yours now. Yes. We're going to do that. We are, we're going to, this is the year of momentum stacking. We're going to stack as much momentum on as we can. I love it. <laughs> uh, you win. <laughs> I don't know. You wrote a book. I think you win. <laughs> no, we we'll all win. I don't have a podcast. We'll, we'll, we'll win together. All right, Jess, how can listeners get in touch with you to learn more about one hope or, and, or to purchase your book, get your hustle shoes on? Yeah. So I am not that creative. You guys, I'll be honest. <laughs> my Instagram handle and my website is just my name. <laughs> I'm that person that I don't, I don't have anything, anything creative. So it, it's just Instagram, Jess Landau with the one S and my website is just Landau.com with the one S. Um, but that's it. It's, it's literally just Landau. That's great. And I'll have that in the show notes. I'll have all the information you need to get in touch with Jess and definitely go follow her. She's so encouraging, even through her medical journey last week with having surgery, pacemaker surgery, she was still on there posting, giving updates. And, and it was great to follow her and just be inspired by her courage and her energy. And I don't know where you get it from. <laughs> I mean, it might be the pacemaker. It might know. be the pacemaker. Thank goodness for that. Well, thank it's you. Brand so new, much. You guys are brand new. That's right. <laughs> it is. It is brand new. That's right. So thank you so much, Jess, for being on the show this week and for starting off our year and encouraging us to be the best versions of ourselves in 2023. Aw, thank you for having me. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for listening in to this week's episode. In my opinion, it's way more fun to share life with a friend. So if you loved what you heard today, feel free to take a screenshot and post it to your socials so your friends can listen into the show too. Don't forget to tag me at Directly Different Podcast and I'll be sure to give you a shout out. Speaking of social media, follow me on Instagram at Directly Different Podcast and send me a DM. I'd love to continue the conversation. I'll catch you guys in the next episode.